Live from the College of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at Michigan State University, it is now time to go beyond the X's and the O's with WKAR's Current Sports. You want to go after an athlete? One of my athletes? Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a star receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Yes, did I express to them I was mad? I was furious. Just furious. I know my wife will at least shot fake one time. We're talking about practice, not a game. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cat. Here's your host, L. Martin. people welcome to this monday july 19th 2021 edition of wkar's current sports i hope everyone out there as well i hope you guys had a great weekend and you know what folks it was a weekend in which we didn't see much rain how about that i mean it was it was pretty clear all day on sunday you know saturday we did see some showers here and there but you know nothing crazy so I hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you got a chance to, to get out and about, um, you know, maybe even, you know, I know a few of my coworkers who are actually taking some some vacation, seeing as though, you know, you want to use up that time and take advantage of this weather. It, it is the smack dab middle of summer. It's the middle of this month, uh, as we have now, uh, you know, just less than two weeks until we turn the page to August. But I hope you guys are well. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Um, I know many people out there uh, spent their weekend checking out the new Space Jam. And on today's current sports, in, in a matter of minutes, I'm going to get it out the way. I'm going to give you my review of Space Jam, A New Legacy, starring LeBron James. Of course, this is the second movie of the Space Jam franchise. We have been waiting for a long time for a, a, a part two to the first one that starred, of course, the GOAT, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, and LeBron James trying to, of course, he's chasing that that ghost that is Michael Jordan, so he has to do everything that MJ did in his career, right? So, anyway, anyway, he uh, uh, he remade Space Jam. LeBron James starred in, uh, stars in Space Jam, A New Legacy, and it was made available to the public in theaters and on HBO Max, on july 16th so this was the weekend in which everybody got a chance to check out space jam i did on friday evening so i'm gonna give my review on that today i'm also because you know i got a lot of response from listeners out there who happened to miss friday's show and missed a bit of my conversation with the one the only jason ruff who is the play-by-play voice of the Odessa Jackalopes of the North American Hockey League out in Odessa, Texas. And we talked all things 
hockey with Jay Ruff. Jay Ruff, of course, is a former production assistant slash intern here at Current Sports doing some some awesome, awesome things. He'll also have a pretty big announcement that is coming this week. I can't say what that announcement is just yet until he officially announces it. So uh, we'll have him back on very, very soon to talk about this announcement. Um, but but because some of you guys missed Friday's show, even though you can listen to it at WKAR.org, um, I, I will go back and play a little bit of that interview on today's Current Sports, okay? But there are a few things I want to address. I'm going to give you my review on Space Jam, and, and I'll give you you my, my grade on that. Uh, but a few headliners that I do want to touch upon. I won't do a whole, you know, current sports quick hit headliners today. I just want to mention a few things. Uh, first off, I want to give a big shout out to Colin Morikawa, who won the Open Championship. That's right. Colin Morikawa is your winner of the British Open. I uh, I watched about... Yeah, a little bit on Saturday, but I watched the you know the final round. I pretty much watched the entire round as Colin was able to to close it out. You know, and if you remember, I mean, he also won the PGA Championship last year during his first time at the tournament. And this is a, a young player who is just soaring. You know, and you know he's won the Open Championship and in, in the PGA Championship before turning twenty five years old. So he won his second major title on Sunday, edging out Jordan Spieth and others uh, for that that victory. Uh, Louis Ostenhazen was uh, was also in the running. Uh, he was actually uh, paired up with Colin Morikawa for that uh, that final round. So you know this dude is just. I mean, he he, he joined Tiger Woods in, in hitting that milestone of having you know two major championships in the Open and the PGA Championship before turning 25. I mean, that's that's pretty good company, right? So uh, he also took home a nice chunk of change with that victory. He earned $2 million for that dub at Royal St. George's Club. Uh, according to the PGA Tour, Morikawa has earned the most during the season so far. He has taken home $6.9 million dollars in a total of 19 tournaments this season. Man, why, why didn't I decide to, to really concentrate and play the sport of golf when I was going up? I was all into basketball, all into football, but my goodness, and, I, and I'm in love with golf now. It's my, it's my favorite hobby. I'm always out there. I'll probably hit the driving range today before the sun goes down. And I just think to myself, man, you know, even just for the, for the little fact that you know, if I was on the golf team back when I was coming up, man, I could play just free golf, especially in high school, man. Free golf. What what was wrong with me? So uh, anyway, yeah, the, the Open Championship was his uh, his second win of the season. Um, he won the WGC Workday Championship. Uh, Workday actually sponsors the great Phil Mickelson. Uh, Phil didn't even make the, the cut for the weekend, uh, but he won the WGC Workday Championship back in February that was at the concession so and he and he played the final 31 holes at Royal St. George's at the British Open Lynx golf no trees very flat surfaces that very hilly surfaces a lot of bunkers out there I love Lynx golf I, I really love it and you saw Jordan and I and I think we can say this as well Jordan Spieth who loves Lynx golf played so well he put a lot of pressure on Colin Morikawa 
But looking at how, how Jordan Smith is playing right now, I mean, he wasn't even in these conversations, you know, the last, what, like two to three years. But but I think it's safe to say now that Jordan Spieth is back. He's found his mojo. He, he's found a, a swing that that is very comfortable for him, that he's, that he's confident with. So uh, shout out to Jordan Spieth. It, it was really fun watching him throughout the weekend as well. Um, Jordan Spieth was 13 under while John Rahm and Luis Ostenhazen finished 11 under. Uh, South African pro Dylan Fratelli also rounded out the top five with a nine under. So big shout out to Colin Morikawa. I also want to mention that your Detroit Tigers were able to sweep the Minnesota Twins. How about that? Isn't that pretty impressive? one nothing, 5 4 7 0 yesterday that that's pretty impressive I, i'm not gonna lie i mean anytime you see a you know a headline that reads detroit tiger sweep you need to just pause and just kind of read that a little bit and take that in you, you 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 normally don't see that because the tigers are just a really bad franchise but right now they are sitting in third place of the al central and they will open up a set against the texas rangers tonight at home at 7 10 p.m. But hey, that that's that's pretty incredible that that the Detroit Tigers were able to to sweep the weekend and uh sitting in third place right now in the AL Central, they are uh, ahead of the Minnesota Twins and the Kansas City Royals. Uh, the Royals are 37 and 55 on the year. The Twins are 39 and 53. Uh, again, losing three straight to the Tigers and the Detroit Tigers beating the Minnesota Twins three straight games. They are now 43 and 51 on the year. So um, that's that's pretty incredible, man. And you look at the top three in the AL Central, uh, the Chicago White Sox, who are in first place. Uh, they are 56 and 36 on the season. They have a two game win streak. And the Cleveland Indians are in second place at 47 and 43. Uh, they are eight games in back of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, the Tigers are 14 games in back of the Chicago White Sox. So the Tigers in, are, are gaining a little bit of ground on the Cleveland Indians. The Indians have a two-game win streak. So I must say, that's that's pretty impressive. I'm going I'm to have more on the Detroit Tigers on tomorrow's current sports. So you don't want to miss that. But I have to mention that because that really that really had me... You know, my, my my eyebrows raised when I when I read that headline this morning, um, and also a, a few other stories I, I want to um, I want to get to here. Uh, news coming out of the National Hockey League: Nashville Predators prospect Luke Prokop today he became the first active player under the National Hockey League under a National Hockey League contract, I should say, to come out as a gay man. Yes, Prokop, who is 19 years old, he made the announcement via Instagram saying, and I'll just read a bit here, quote, it has been quite the journey to get to this point in my life, but I could not be happier with my decision to come out. From a young age, I have dreamed of being an NHL player, and I believe that living my authentic life will allow me to bring my whole self to the rink and improve my chances of fulfilling my dreams. 
And he's the first. Again, no NHL player, active or retired, has come out publicly. So uh, Prokop is a, a six foot four right-handed defenseman from Edmonton, Alberta. He was selected in the third round by the Predators in the 2020 NHL draft, and he signed a three-year level, um, three-year entry-level contract with the Predators back in December and played last season for the Calgary Hitmen of the Western Hockey League, where he was in alternate captain. So. Yeah, and he told ESPN that he struggled last season, wanted to come out publicly because he believed it would help ease his mind and allow him to play his best hockey. So he said he made his decision to come out in April when he returned from Calgary after his uh, his season ended because of COVID-19. And, and, and he, he goes on to tell ESPN, quote, I was lying in bed one night had just deleted a dating app for the fourth or fifth time, and I was extremely frustrated because I couldn't be my true, authentic self. In that moment, I said, enough is enough. I'm accepting who I am. I want to live the way I want to, and I want to accept myself as a gay man. So, wow. Um, and, and again, you know, this is this is what, what I've said, man. Um, it should not matter what your 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 sexual preference is it should not matter what your race or ethnicity is at the end of the day we we need to start respecting human beings for being human beings simple as that we are all human beings in this world simple as that man and and I'm glad that we are we are finally getting to the point where People are saying, hey, this is who I am. Accept it and let's move on. Now, there are people out there that I don't understand who who won't ever get to that place where they accept a person for who they are and love them regardless. And I just I just don't understand that, man. But, you know, now, especially in sports, because. You know, we we've seen this play out in the in the National Football League, right? This this hyper masculine sport, the National Football League, where you gotta be rough and tough. Well, you know, we have seen more and more players come out and say that, yes, I am a a, a gay football player. And I think when you see you know, because I think, you know, um, Las Vegas Raiders player. Yeah, yeah. Carl uh, Nassib, he came out uh, as the first active NFL player to uh, to come out as gay. Um, and uh, he shared that via Instagram. And this was uh, back in June. So, you know, when, when you do that, you, you give because because there are so many people out there who are struggling with coming out who are hiding it because they feel like they're going to be judged or, or maybe disowned by family members and friends. When you have players in the NFL, players in the National Hockey League now, anybody with a major platform who says, hey, this is who I am, it gives courage to others out there to do the same. And you may be saving some lives because 
how many times have we heard of, of people who are struggling with coming out? And, and because of that, it leads them to a deep depression. And because of that, they decide to take their own lives. It's that serious, folks. You know, I was watching last night. And, and if you haven't watched it yet, it, I mean, it just dropped on Netflix, I believe, this past weekend. But if you have not watched Naomi Osaka, famed tennis star now, one of the most popular athletes in the world, if you have not watched her Netflix documentary, it's three parts. It only takes you about like, you know, like, I don't know, maybe two hours tops, you know, each episode. I think episode one's like 30 minutes. The second one is almost an hour. And the third one is about 30 minutes as well. So it'll, it'll take you. It's a, it's a quick watch, but it's so well done. And you really and, and, and Naomi, Naomi Osaka, who, is, who has made headlines, not because she's the best tennis player in the world, but also because she is not afraid to use her voice. You know, when she won the U.S. Open, she wore throughout her seven rounds throughout the U.S. Open, she wore those seven masks raising awareness on police brutality and, and, and seven individuals who died at the hands, black individuals who died at the hands of, of law enforcement, using her platform, using her voice to spark conversations and hopefully spark some change, right? And in the documentary, um, and, and, and most recently she's making headlines because she has decided not to play tennis until she gets her mental health right. And that may encourage others to do the same instead of grinding and grinding and grinding and not taking a step back and saying, hold on, this isn't healthy for me mentally. I may need to go get some help. All right. I need help. And she talked about her responsibility, having a platform that is so large. There's a responsibility that comes with that. I always use the line from Uncle Ben out in Spider-Man, right? In Spider-Verse. With great power comes great responsibility. That's what he told his grandson, Peter Parker. And that is so true with a great platform, with a major platform comes great responsibility. And Naomi Osaka expounds upon that and says that, yeah, I I realize that I am given this platform to spark change because it's bigger than me. And I believe that's a responsibility for anyone out there who has a major platform, whether they want that platform or not. So to see you know these these individuals in the in the National Football League and now in the uh, the National Hockey League and Luke Prokop come out and say this. They have no idea the kind of impact they are having on others who are struggling with that same thing. So major major news there. Uh, that's like the number one headline on ESPN.com right now. Also. The other big stories coming out of the world of sports, well, they center on COVID-19 and the Olympics, folks. That's right. COVID-19 is causing some problems. You know, that that long-feared possibility that that the COVID-19 pandemic could disrupt the Tokyo Olympics, well, now that's... That's emerging as a reality. And, I mean, we're talking about the open open ceremony happening this week, folks. Yes, this is the week. Friday at 7.30 p.m. on NBC. That's when the opening ceremony will take place. 
marking the, the, the start of the games. And now games organizers are scrambling to deal with the rising load of athletes and officials who are testing positive upon arrival out in Tokyo, Japan. It's it's really wild. It is a mad dash. It is a mad scramble right now because so many positive cases in Tokyo are causing concern. And now athletes and other personnel are testing positive. And now one of the biggest names that I was really looking forward to, you know, speaking of Naomi Osaka throughout that documentary on Netflix, you know, they detail that moment when Naomi first played, you know, uh, Coco Goff, who was also one of the rising stars in tennis. And when Coco beat her that, that one year, and, you know, Coco was still a teenager. But she's one of the, the biggest draws in tennis. Well, it was announced today that Goff has tested positive for COVID-19, and she will not participate in Tokyo. I mean, she's like the biggest name that has been found to have COVID and, and will and, and, and will not compete out in Tokyo. She has to pull out the, the Tokyo Olympics because of it. Quote, I am so disappointed to share the news that I have tested positive for COVID and won't be able to play in the Olympic Games in Tokyo. It has always been a dream of mine to represent the United States of America at the Olympics, and I hope there will be many more chances for me to make this dream come true in the future. And yeah, she's 17 now. And there'll be a lot of opportunities for her to compete in the Olympics. But this is what I feared. This is what many feared, especially the IOC Olympic organizers when discussing this year's Olympic Games. The Delta variant is impacting many people. And now, you know, just just a few weeks ago, I was talking about how COVID is pretty much kept in check. But I mentioned how the Delta variant is threatening, and now we are starting to see numbers rise again, even for those who are vaccinated. And for me, I'm fully vaccinated. But like today, when I went out to the gym, you know, I, you know, the CDC is recommending that those who are fully vaccinated can, you know, you don't have to wear a mask indoors or outdoors. Well, now I am wherever I'm going indoors, I'm rocking a mask. I've gone back to that because of the Delta variant, because I want to take extra precaution, just like we still should do. We should, this, this is not the time to let up off the gas. This is time for us to continue to mask up, you know, still gather with friendly, you know, family and friends because the CDC, that's what they're recommending. You can do that, but still take precaution, you know, still be mindful of it because those who are fully vaccinated are still getting the coronavirus because the Delta variant is is that much more contagious. And especially for those who are unvaccinated, it can be very, very deadly, more deadly than the original version, right? So be mindful of that. In, in Tokyo, which does not have great numbers when it comes to vaccination within its population, it could get really ugly out there. And this is what, uh, this is why I was a bit nervous. I even had a caller say, oh, it's going to be cool, man. They're just going to do it like the NBA, have a little bubble. Everybody's going to be good. Mm. That's not proven to be the case so far. One of the biggest stars that would have been competing in the Olympics has to draw 
out because has to has to withdraw out because of uh, COVID nineteen. You know, I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands of participants from more than what two hundred countries entering one spot, one country where the vaccination rate of the local population remains low and the more contagious, more deadly Delta variant is spreading. Officials have a dilemma and anybody denying that. Well, I think you're a bit delusional. So Coco Golf done. And then you look at on Sunday, the British Olympic Association confirmed that six athletes and two staff members from its track and field team were identified as close contacts of an individual who tested positive following their arrival in Tokyo on Friday. Now, the British delegation members have continued to test negative. They are in self-isolation in their rooms at the team's camp, but still, it's a bit unnerving. Also testing positive after arrival was IOC committee member Ryu Sang-min from South Korea. How about that? Also, a member of the United States women's gymnastics team has tested positive ahead of the Olympics. Wouldn't that... Now, it's not... It's not... It's not Simone Biles, who is the Michael Jordan of gymnastics. She's the GOAT. It's not Simone Biles, but still, it's still a member of that team. The gymnast is Kara Aker, 18 years old, from Missouri. Olympic champ, Biles was not affected, nor were any of the other favorites to win the team gold. But another alternate was placed into isolation because of contact tracing. So one of the most anticipated teams who will be competing at the Olympics has a bit of a COVID problem. All right. Four alternates. Leanne Wong, Kayla DeCello, Emma Malabayu, and Kara Aker traveled to Japan with the six-woman U.S. delegation of Biles, Jordan Ch- uh, Childs, I believe I'm saying that right, uh, Grace McCallum, Sunisa Lee, Michaela Skinner, and Jade Carey. So, uh, the alternates are rooming uh, and training together, and while they have been traveling to training along with the actual team, they have been split into groups with the team working on one apparatus while the alternates work on another. So knowing that Simone Biles is a part of this team and, and there is a, an outbreak here with Kara Eaker testing positive, you got to put Biles in a bubble. You got to put the team in a bubble right now. But that's scary. So in all, 55 people connected to the Olympics, including officials, And contractors have tested positive since the beginning of this month, July 1st. So, mm, this isn't great news. And it's why so many out there wanted to see the games postponed for another year. That would not have been great news for these athletes who have already waited a year. Right. We all saw the, the disappointment from so many athletes, from numerous athletes out there 
last year when COVID hit. So they're like, all right, we'll, we'll work, work up to this moment and hopefully we're good. And then you see the numbers go down. Vaccination rates in America are great. But that's not the case in, in other parts of the country, especially Japan. So what do you do? And the sponsors of the Tokyo Olympics didn't want to pull out because they already lost money last year. They don't want that to happen for two years straight. The games must go on. It is going to be very interesting. Right now, just reading these various stories about COVID at the Olympics, it does not give me a lot of confidence and a lot of hope that the Olympic Games will proceed throughout the rest of this month and into August COVID-free. I don't know. And, and it's going to be very unnerving if, if especially the big stars have to pull out because of it so please please folks continue to wear your mask continue to be mindful that covid is still out there all right also uh speaking of naomi osaka she is one of i believe three there are three covers that i'm seeing right now sports illustrated famed swimsuit edition Naomi Osaka is one of those individuals who are uh, who will be gracing the cover of Sports Illustrated. She looks gorgeous. Also, rapper Megan The Stallion. That's so random. So random. Just want to say that. Very, 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 very random. Like Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition really has. I don't know. It really has nothing to do with sports anymore. It just. It just. Let's just put together a, a, a magazine. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Um, and I also have to bring this to you guys. Um, I got this email this morning from Jeremy Sampson, formerly of WILX TV 10, former sports broadcaster, longtime sports broadcaster here in the area who left the business who to pursue his dream of establishing professional soccer here in the city of Lansing. And he did so very successfully, but unfortunately, I have to pass along to you guys, if you haven't seen this already, the Lansing United women's soccer team will be no more. That's right. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll read you um, what, what Jeremy said. Uh, he, he sent this statement to, uh, to the public this morning. I found this in my email. Quote, after careful consideration of the after excuse me after careful consideration the 2021 UWS season will be the last for Lansing United when i began working in 2013 to bring high level soccer to the Lansing area the goal was always to grow the game however i never dreamed that over the span of 5 years this idea would turn into a professional soccer franchise in addition to the growth of the men's team, we also created a successful women's franchise. I am incredibly proud to have watched the thousands of fans who have supported the hoops over the years and know that we have been a small part of the evolution of soccer in mid-Michigan. To my family, thank you for allowing me to chase my dream. Your unwavering love and support have meant the world to me. I have been blessed to work with great players, coaches, and interns who have made this journey a genuinely exciting one. Thank you for always representing the club with pride, passion, and unity. To our sponsors, thank you for your overwhelming generosity. To all of our fans, with a special shout-out to The Ransom, 
the atmosphere at our matches was second to none. And your love for our club was unmatched. Thank you for your support. Life is not measured by the number of breaths that we take, but the moments that take our breath away. Those moments became memories that I will treasure forever. Sincerely, Jeremy Sampson, Lansing United President slash CEO. Yeah. Hats off to you, Jeremy. You know, not a lot of people, just reading that and reflecting as I read it, not a lot of people have the guts, the gusto to chase their dreams and go after it. But you did. And that should be saluted. All right, let's hit our first break. When we come back again, we'll have a bit of my chat with Jason Ruff from last week, in case you missed it. That and more, you are listening to the Monday edition of WKAR's Current Sports. folks welcome back to wkar's current sports i am your host al martin and what i'm going to do because of the response that i got throughout the weekend via email i'm going to roll in a bit of my chat with jason ruff former current sports production assistant msu grad who is now entering yet another year as the play-by-play voice of the odessa jackalopes of the north american hockey league we talked about a ton enjoy this kids recruits you know, and I, and I cover kids who are making college decisions. They want to go to school with a, with a decent name where they're gonna, probably going to have success, but they also want to have all the lights, the bells, and the whistles. So I think Michigan State having those uh, amenities will be key. It's just like football. Why does, Mich- why does it seem like every two years Michigan State football announces they're having either some new renovation or some new addition? Obviously, things going well, I think, with uh, Coach Mel Tucker, and I'm very excited to see his second year. But it's the exact same thing. you got to have all the lights and the bells and the whistles in order to compete in the cutthroat world of college athletic recruiting. And that's trying to woo these 15, 16, 17-year-olds to come to your Younger program. in hockey, too, because you got to go 13, remember, because of the— Right. Uh, it's going younger in every sport, Jay, I remember I was having a conversation with Susie Merchant a few years ago, and she's like, yeah, we got our eyes on this 12-year-old now. And I'm like, 12-year-old? Just insane, dude. I mean, and that's why, and I said this earlier this week on Current Sports, recruiting is the least favorite part of my job. I, I, you know, you got to cater to these young kids. You don't know what interests them because they have attention spans about, you know, uh, shorter than a fresh Prince episode. And so it's like, it's like, dude, man, it's like, what do you do? What do you do, man? So I, it, it, it reminds me of, um, for, I don't know if you've seen He Got Game with Denzel Washington and Ray. I have. But yeah. you know, it reminds me of when, when everybody was trying to recruit him and, hey, we got this here. We got this here. We have this here. And it's like, recruiting is just, don't get me, let me get off my soapbox right now because I can go on a rant that'll probably last <laughs> the rest of our interview. But I want to ask you this, Jerry. We, go whole, we go a whole show on this, Al. We go a whole show on this. We go a whole show on this. Kids walking around with the t-shirts like, oh, crystal ball to this school. He must like that. Squishy must like this school. 
It's crazy. And then you got these grown men who obsess. Oh. That's the weird thing. You got these grown men out there who obsess over these 16, 15-year-olds. It's like, dude, go mow the lawn or something, man. Be productive with your life, man. Okay. But but you know what? I want I want you to touch upon this, man, because this has been like the big topic the last two weeks here on the show. Name, image, and likeness. Going into play now, when it comes to the world of college sports, game changer, I believe, and it's long overdue. How we, we all know the impact this will have. We we talked about it extensively, the impact this will have on the big dogs in football and in basketball. I'm curious. What kind of an impact will this have on college hockey? Will we see what much like what we see, what we're going to see? I believe in basketball and football, like the big names on the big hockey programs, saying, you know, hey, hey, man, I'm going to go out and and do a, a local car commercial. I'm going to go out and be a sponsor for this restaurant. I'm going to go out and you know, uh, I don't know, get endorsed by said company. Will you see a lot of that in college hockey? I think you'll see some of it. Uh, maybe not, obviously, to the extent of uh, football and basketball, because let's be honest, we all live in football and basketball's world. And it's, it's their world. We're just living in it. Mm-hmm. But I think this will definitely have an impact on college hockey. I think that I certainly applaud Michigan State for getting their NIL program out of the gate fast. I think that puts them, gives them a bit of a head start and helping these college athletes. And that's something they can market to these college athletes as well. These hockey players say, look, you want to be a big name guy. We can get you and help you market your brand. And I think it might, it might take a couple of years for the trickle down effect to reach hockey. Obviously it's going to be felt in, in the big two first and football and basketball first. I think it'll take a couple of years before it trickles down into hockey, but I think eventually it'll will. I think with NIL, honestly, I think, honestly, it's going to help the richer programs get richer. The programs that can afford to help these student-athletes and guide them, they're going to be able to utilize that and say, hey, you come to X school, whatever that is, we can help you market your brand. You may want to be thinking about that school, but can they really help you? I think I think it's going to help the Boston schools. My goodness. Because remember, you've got four schools in the greater Boston metro area, BU, BC, uh, Northeastern, and Harvard. You got four of those schools, although Harvard is Ivy League. That's going to be the question. That's going to be the 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 question mark in college hockey. What are the Ivies going to do with this? Because they, you know they're all off in their own little world. Mm-hmm. But I think this will have a trickle down effect in college hockey. I think it will help the richer programs get richer. Unfortunately, the poor programs uh, will struggle more than likely. I think. And as question, so, though, it will it will be more so. Is that a is that a bad thing? It sounds like it, J. Ruff, because it's, it sounds. I mean, like it will yes and no. Time, more yes and no. For like, Michigan, like what's, the for, what's the incentive of a guy who's like maybe a four or five star guy, hockey player, going to a, a lower tier? Well, I don't say lower tier. You know, one of the programs out there who aren't on television all the time or who don't. Let's go Denver. Like Perfect example: Denver or North Dakota. Those are. Those are some of the be-all, end-all names in college hockey. North Dakota, Denver, you don't see them much in football or basketball, primarily because their sport is hockey. I think for those programs, I think it'll be okay. I'm talking more about the Ferris States and the Michigan Techs of the world. Yep. Because when, I, when you're talking about a program like North Dakota and Denver, they have the resources and the prestige in the college hockey world that they're, they'll, they'll get there. They'll get their recruits. It's, it's just like, 
just like if Alabama, if post Nick Saban, whenever that, excuse me, whenever that's going to be, Alabama's going to get their recruits because it is Alabama. Michigan's going to get their guys because it's Michigan. Ohio State's going to, there's a thing for name brand. It's going to take a while for name brands to kind of sink down with you will. I'm thinking more towards the smaller schools, the Miami, Ohio's of the world, the Western Michigan's of the world, schools that are a little bit lower level. Their main sport isn't necessarily hockey. They do have a strong hockey tradition, but do they have the resources to consistently compete with those big dogs? Because remember, Miami, Ohio, and Western Michigan, they're in the NCHC. They're going up. They're in conference against teams like North Dakota, Denver, uh, Minnesota, Duluth. So they're going up against big dogs in our league. And, of course, you got the Big Ten, which is all big dogs. There's no room for weakness in the Big Ten. So I don't. So for a school like Michigan State, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. For a school, say, maybe like Ferris, much as I hate to say it, Northern, Northern Michigan, at NIL may not. Maybe I could be wrong, but I don't see how they'll see an impact, a positive impact from NIL, at least to start off. What I'm really interested in, and I don't have an answer for this. I wish I did. What I'm really interested in is if this will affect the relationship between college hockey and Canadian major junior hockey, because the argument for excluding, if you will, Canadian major junior players for the longest time has been, well, they're getting paid. They're getting paid to play, and they are obviously forfeiting their amateur status. Could that change with the NIL? Who knows? I personally hope it does. I think college hockey is doing itself a disservice by excluding a number of strong hockey players that do play in college hockey. And I get the flip side argument, too. You say, well, if you open up the floodgates, then these kids that might be willing to go play uh Major junior hockey, they're going to decide to go play major junior, and only college hockey will get the the washouts from Canadian major juniors. I don't. I understand that argument. I understand the the merits of that argument. I don't necessarily agree with some of those points, but I do understand that argument. So, be what I'm keeping an eye on most in terms of NIL and college hockey is going to be the relationship between the NCAA and the Canadian major junior system. That's mm-hmm. what I'm keeping an eye. On. This is why we have this man on. Whenever we talk hockey on current sports, Jason Rupp <laughs> of the Odessa Jackalopes putting us on game, putting me on game. I didn't, I didn't even know that that discussion. Thank you so much, Jay Ruff, for bringing that up. Uh, so now I want to pivot. Got to talk about what just happened in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, we saw the Tampa Bay Lightning take home Lord Stanley. I, I said on yesterday's current sports, man, Tampa Bay fans are so dang spoiled. You just won the Super Bowl with the GOAT, Tom Brady. And now you just turn around and win Stanley Cup, beating the Montreal Canadiens. And it like for me, J-Rub, you know, following that series, the Canadians, I think, what they, was it a five-game series, right? Five-game series. Five Montreal only won one game, and every game that I tuned into, it was like Tampa Bay was just dominating. Like, it wasn't even yeah. really competitive, man. Can you take, take me through what you were thinking watching that series and why was Tampa the, 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 the last team standing this year? Well, I can tell you one thing. I'm going to start off with this, to, just to talk about how much Tampa Bay fans spoiled. They broke the cup. They dented Lord Stanley's cup so much so it had to be shipped back to Montreal for repairs. Um, the keeper of the cup usually has a, a kit that he can bump out any bumps or bruises. But no, this was so bad, the cup was dented inwards. They had to take it back 
to Montreal for repairs. How did that happen? That doesn't tell you how crazy they are down in Tampa Bay. I don't know what will. Uh, how course, did that happen, Jason? How did that happen? I don't know. No one knows. All, all we know that we have photographical evidence that the cup was dented, that it had to be taken back for repair. I was joking with my parents. If I'm Montreal, I'm saying, no, you, you're not getting it back. I would have just kept it. That's <laughs> right. But that is so uh, somebody maybe at the club partying with it, man, maybe bumped into it, a really hard bump. I don't know. That's great. On a boat, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> on a boat, but yeah. Your question. Or somebody threw it like Tom Brady threw the <laughs> Super Bowl trophy, right? Answer your question, Al. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But yeah. to answer your question, Al, I knew after the uh, Toronto series, when Montreal upset Toronto in seven games, I think everyone knew the Canadians were going to go as far as Carey Price was going to be able to carry them. And give credit to Carey Price. He carried them far. He carried them to a Stanley Cup final. All right, more with Jason Ruff of the Odessa Jackalopes right after this. out of here though i want you to uh to just let our listeners know um how they can follow you how they can follow the jackalopes what's up with you guys what what's what's like what's your schedule looking like now and when does the season begin for you all can you give us all that information for those that want to happy to do so so the jackalopes are getting set for their 25th year of hockey in the permian basin this will be our 11th in the north american hockey league um, if folks want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Jason underscore R underscore rough. That's where I do the vast majority of my, of my social media presence. You can also follow the Jackalopes at let's go Jacks on Twitter. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well at let's go Jacks. Be sure to follow us along. Our season starts in late September. Uh, we're getting a bit of an earlier start this year than we did last year in the COVID year, but we're getting started in early September. We're going to be on the road until late October because uh, oil show is coming to the Ector County Coliseum. And that takes pretty much the whole town revolves around the oil show when it comes in, obviously the Permian Basin, Odessa, big oil countries. So yeah. we're going to be uh, road warriors for the, to start things off, but then we're going to get into November, December, and then we're just going to be home the whole time. We're going to be home the whole time in November, December, going into the Christmas break. It'll be a really fun season. We've got a number of teams coming back who were idle. The Corpus Christi Ice Race, that's always a fun trip. We have a, a new Amarillo team. So Amarillo left, and then a new team came in to Amarillo. So Amarillo, who's been a traditional rival of ours, they're going to have hockey still. And that's a very passionate fan base over in the Texas Panhandle. So we're really happy that we're going to be able to continue playing games over there. And we've also got the El Paso Rhinos coming into the league for the first time. They are the group that won uh, the – Craft Hockeyville Arena upgrade a few years ago. So they've been doing that. They've had a lot of success at the NA3 level. They're now moving up to the uh, N, the regular NAHL. They're going to be a division rival of ours, obviously, Odessa, El Paso. Not too far drive, about three and a half hours or so, give or right. take. 
That's 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 a short drive in Texas, folks. Let me tell you. <laughs> but, uh, we're we're all really excited. Obviously, the Shreveport Mudbugs, defending Robertson Cup champions after they took down the uh, league champion Aberdeen Wings uh, in the playoffs. So Shreveport's really really tough opponent. They put together good teams year in and year out. Though the Jackalopes have always played them tough. Really excited to see what this year is going to bring. Twenty fifth year in Odessa. I have a feeling it's going to be a good one. At least I oh, hope so. Without a doubt. <laughs> glass, full, glass half full. Yeah, glass half full. And I, and I know I already know you're going to rock out the mic, man, like you always do. And, you know, I, I was telling you before we before we hopped on, man, that there, there are so many of uh, our current sports listeners who, who have been following your work since you since you left uh, Michigan State and, and, and got the gig there. And you're doing a, a great job, and they enjoy, they enjoy following you, Jason. And uh, only a matter, with, matter of time before you are – doing a stanley cup game brother so um that'll I, I i love following you brother keep up the amazing amazing work and uh and we'll be in touch bro appreciate you thank you al all the best to you and your listeners thanks for having me on always a pleasure all right folks that is going to do it for this monday edition of current sports on tomorrow's show i didn't have time for it i'm gonna give you i didn't have time for it today i'm gonna give you though tomorrow my official review of Space Jam, A New Legacy, starring LeBron James. I'll give you my honest thoughts. I won't hold any punches. All right? We'll dive into that. I'm going to talk about what is going right for the Detroit Tigers. Let's let's hope by the time that I, I get to that conversation tomorrow that they rack up a fourth straight win as they do play tonight. All right? Keep that in mind. Tigers riding a three-game win streak. They will open up a set against the Texas Rangers tonight at home, 7-10 p.m. So I'll get to that and uh, and so much more. All right, folks, so don't miss the Tuesday edition of the show. Until then, though, I want you guys to continue to have a great Monday. Be smart, be safe, and be easy, people. Be easy, people.